like to ski Antarctica? Have you snowed under with work? Do you dream of a vacation at the bottom of the ocean? But you can't float the bill? Have you always wanted to climb the mountains of Mars? But now you're over the hill? Then come to Recall Incorporated, where you can buy the memory of your ideal vacation cheaper, safer, and better than the real thing. So don't let life pass you by. Call Recall for the memory of a lifetime. We're here today to talk about a favourite film of mine and probably Kyle's. I'm not sure about anyone else on the podcast, but it's Total Recall. Definitely not Caleb. So yeah, um, you know, we're here today. We're joined by Caleb, Prince, Kyle. How's everyone doing? Yeah, not too bad. Been a while. Indeed, it has. So for anyone that is listening and doesn't know about Total Recall, uh, Total Recall is a 1990 American science fiction action film directed by Paul Hoven. And it's all about this company called Recall, where it tells the story of Douglas Quaid, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> a construction worker who receives an implanted memory of a fantastical adventure on Mars. But <laughs> you get the general gist. Arnold Schwarzenegger going to Mars. Is it real? Is it not real? He's, he's living through a story that may or may not be in his head, but may have been in a past life but it may not have been. But I guess that's sort of to our point the film way, isn't it? Like, obviously, we'll get to the end afterwards. Well, well this yeah. is it, right? Like, the, the original yeah. story or book this is based off of called We Can Remember It for You for Wholesale by Philip K. Dick. That's the whole premise of the book. When did the book come out, does it say? It came out in... 60s, I think. 60s, there you go. Um, Something that started... 1966, it's a short story. Um, so I think the original premise of the film is around, is it real, is it not real? I think that is kind of the core premise of the book and the film, like you mentioned. It's kind of meant to fuck with the user's head. You're not sure whether it's actually reality or if it's the ego trip he goes on, you know, whereas it's... I, I always thought that was quite clever with the film, to be fair, because just when you think you've got it sussed, it's like, obviously, he was dreaming about that girl who's now with him. You know, and, then, and then you have the bit in the apartment where you've got that guy and he's really convincing, telling him that it's all a fucking delusion. You know, you went to recall. It didn't go great. Obviously, you're still in the fucking chair, but you're having an ego trip. You're running around thinking you're a super spy. But then the sweat as well. It's just, we'll, we'll, we'll get it more never, into this, but it's yeah, just... It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's it's clever, new, clever nuances of it, I, you know. I, I, think, I think it's like a film of two halves for me. It's like, it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger cheese that anyone who's watched those movies understands can combine with, like, that kind of, like, mind for puzzle slash you know sort of intrigue at least for me that's what it was like watching it back as an adult mm. you know when you watch it as kids it's just arnie doing stuff and being cool two hours of arnie going lal, lal, lal. Bull, bullshit <laughs> screw you prince messaged me just saying like i don't remember this film being so red it's like when it started it was like god yeah they really filtered the fuck out the redness like yeah, <laughs> yeah they really want to say, hey yeah. we're on yeah. mars, we're on mars stereotypical de- depiction of mars yeah when in reality yeah. it was probably filmed in the sahara desert or something you know nevada apparently <laughs> oh right okay yeah, cool. nevada and yeah. the uh brutalist parts for the start were at mexico fucking train station or something i thought it looked like this place in vienna have been like the weird type turny thing but it wasn't uh, it's mexico but i know uh-huh. it's meant to be like um like, it, it is it is cyberpunky 
obviously because like you know oh yeah weird, yeah 100 yeah dystopian fucking especially in the street he goes to more of that street on cyberpunk uh world like the sex clubs are I've oh fucking japan i know the area in japan turned a little street where all the joy yeah, toys like, are like, yeah, like, yeah. Pack Street or something like that. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. Me that out. Obviously, it was made in the eighties, wasn't it? it? Come out in nineteen ninety, but it was made in nineteen eighty nine, wouldn't it? Yeah, but it, it's it's so fucking tropey for the eighties, man. Even the fucking design of the cars, the hairstyles, just everything <laughs> yeah. about it. I mean, the fact that Arnie's the leading man is also another fucking stereotypical trope, yeah. you know. He's dressed like very. I felt like he was just very like geeky, quite nerdy. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was like you know mm. your typical guy wearing a shirt and slacks. <laughs> Um, but no, we do, we do have some obviously decent stuff to kind of go there with the start. Obviously, it was directed by Paul Verhoeven. Anyone who knows Paul Verhoeven, Robocop, straight off the bat. Uh, Philip K. Dick as well, the the guy who wrote the original novelization of it. He's the guy who also wrote um, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which was the book that was used for the basis of Blade Runner, directed by Ridley Scott. Another very, very good cyberpunky film if you're into it. Wait, you said you watched in two sessions, Prince. Two sessions? Yeah. It's been a it's been a while, but I think my first time I I watched it when we came to this country, we didn't have a TV of any sorts that connected to any sort of a cable, so my dad had bought this very old VHS slash TV thing that we had in our, this, this small little flat up in Manchester, and there's like local VHS store around the corner of the house. So one weekend, my dad and I went because my my dad's a big sort of movie guy, and so he was really intrigued by this VHS store. And he took me down with him, and he's a great, he's a big fan of Arnold. Um, I think he grew up watching his movies, or well, not he's not that old, he's not that young, but he um, he was really into it. And uh, so he introduced me to some some of his movies, and Total Recall was one of them. So he picked it up from the store, and uh, we took it home. That's my first memory of watching the movie. Um, it was about 2002, I think. So it, it did have a lot of nostalgia for me watching it back again, to be fair, recently. Like, uh, got some really nice memories attached to it. I didn't, I forgot how cheesy it was. And maybe my my tolerance for cheese has, has increased or decreased. I don't know how you want to look at it. But yeah, I was like, I need, I need a break from this because otherwise yeah. I'm just... What was going to say, like, with, after watching Big Trouble in Little China, I can understand why your tolerance is decreased. It's a comedy or an action film. It's not a comedy film, but it's like an action film with like goofy moments. But I guess Schwarzenegger in that sort of era, sort of in a way, did have like, you know, weird sort of roles. He's a big Masco 80s and like Austrian American macho man. And they just put him in some really sort of like weird roles where it just seemed really out of place. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a powerhouse of 80s cinema in a way because there's so mm. many iconic action films with him in. But I think he suffers of what happens a lot in Hollywood. He was typecast from like you know right. from a very early point. You know, like I mean, one of one of his earliest films was Hercules in New York, where I think they even had to put subtitles on it because his accent was so strong. <laughs> but he was typecasting that as just a fucking, you know, big burly, nothing or other, and I think that stuck. I was, I was going to say what I said to you earlier about, I think, what kind of movie it is and what kind of actor Arnold is, because he's not an actor, he's, you know, he's this big bodybuilder who just happens to be acting just as well. Just way into it, yeah. You know, I think because he's in that movie, you can have fun with it, because you're not expecting a serious drama. I know it's a sci-fi <laughs> I know it's not comedy, even like in retrospect, it looks like comedy because it's so, so bloody goofy. But mm-hmm. because he's such a <clears throat> star like Sylvester is, 
you know he can uh he can, he can enjoy it for what it is if you have like a very serious actor in there it's like the likes of brad pitt i don't know who was a very serious actor back then i can't i'm, I'm not names elude me right now but you're supposed to, you then you would end up taking it seriously and then i think that would take away from the joy of the movie where it's supposed yeah. to be that my old comic action hero kind of movie you know where you could just have fun with it like die hard but if it's like a very serious actor make going around running around these little tight red streets of mars with with ladies that have three boobs like oh just i definitely feel like if there was if it wasn't Arnie in the film, I definitely think you would take it a lot more seriously. Mm. I think, oh, would that again, ruin it, though? That, yeah, that that's the thing. Yeah. you replace him with, you know? I, I, almost, I almost think that, you know, one of the reflections I've had on it is like almost like a thematic of the movie. It's, like, it's all about keeping you guessing, isn't it? Who are you? Know, like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, I, and actually, I think part of the, the cheese almost, like with Arnie, I know there's a little bit of cheese at the start and that, but the cheese really kicks in when he's like the secret agent he pays to have a, an ego trip and he's literally talking to himself in a fucking yeah. like, camera. That so I really think all of the, that. all of these bits, even though they're funny, like, like for me, they almost like added to the, the, the mystery. It's like, is it all just like a big pantomime in his head? When he's talking to McLean from recall, though, he does actually say how the film ends. That's another thing I noticed watching it back, you know, basically just, I mean, obviously the tail end of the eighties action film, it's obviously he's going to kill all the bad guys and win and, win the woman and win the day, you know? But the fact that he says that when he's in the office and kind of explains how it'll all play out, people are trying to kill him left, right and centre, doesn't know who to trust. There's a beautiful exotic woman. It's just the use of that word exotic as well. I just think it's so problematic as well. It's like... Yeah, most definitely. I I did um, think about, like, if there was a service, this sort of an off-topic, but it's relevant to the recall, what's the point in recall? Like, why would you go to someone to get a memory of a holiday? Isn't part of going on holiday to actually be on and enjoy it and be like, oh, wow, I'm here. This is so cool. See, I, this like, is the thing, guy. Hey, for a fucking, like, but it's memory a memory of, of a lifetime. Done. I think this is something they left out of the film, which was in the book. I did read the book years ago. It's a very, very short story. It's only about, I, I don't know, I don't know how many pages, but it's not very long. But, they kind of describe in the book, I'm pretty sure, that while you're in the chair, you're living out the fantasy. So it's not like you're just getting the memories okay. of it. You're kind okay. of... It's kind of like a lucid dream, as far as yeah, I'm aware. Okay. Okay. It's that not just, oh, you know, I've you just paid all this money, remember. I wake oh, up and I remember doing this, I remember doing that. Because why okay. would anyone yeah. do that? You're right. Yeah, yeah. it's been a sense to me. It, it's basically you're in the chair and you're living out the fantasy, and then when you wake up, it's like, oh, cool, you know. I mean, not to sell the company, really. It's not my company. It's got nothing, no stakes in it. But if I was to, if I was to give a reason to it, I would think it must be cheaper to travel. It must, it must be cheaper to recall than to travel exactly, and also must be safer because you're not actually going to Mars in the comfort of a, like a cushy little space. And but all we you all, do is just but we all know that Total Recall fucks with people's brains, right? <laughs> <laughs> what about the guy you lobotomized? Huh? Did he get a refund? You get what you pay for, I suppose. In that, in that respect, yeah. yeah. Well, they even that say part? that in the film, don't they? Like, when he's giving them the spiels, trying to sell it him, he's like, you know, holidays are a pain in the ass. you got lost luggage, rude people, you know. Yeah. With us, but when you travel, everything is perfect. Well. That leads us nicely on to, like, I think my favourite character in the fucking film. Hey, I'm Johnny Cab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that fucking freak. 
How did I get here? Yeah, that bit. The oh, door opened god. and you got in. <laughs> oh, he just turned around. I was like, oh god, he. I didn't. I didn't like. It. I. I didn't like a lot of the weird sort of stuff. All I know is stuff. like, don't fuck with Johnny Cab in it. Like, if you don't pay your fare, he's gonna fucking like self destruct and try and murk you off. Mackay's in that shit. Hope you enjoyed the ride. Ha <laughs> ha. The fare is 18 credits, please. Sue me, dickhead. We hope you enjoyed the ride. <laughs> oh yeah, he just fucking like yeah. Like he goes. Yeah, it was like, creepy, definitely. Yeah, what's up with that? Then he just because then he gets a Johnny Cab, then he gets another Johnny. No, he goes home and then because this is the point in the film when like oh, so I hadn't seen it before. So he goes in the Johnny Cab, he goes back to his apartment, and then he meets his old pal, and then they try to like you know uh, like oh you spoke, you said too much. You got and all sort of in my head, I was like okay, so is this in his head or is this like <laughs> actually happening? And as the film went on, I went to more like no, this is actually happening. I'm in the park of this all fucking happened but then um, there's there's multiple curveballs in it even early on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that's what i was saying earlier just when you think you've got it and you're like yes this is definitely happening something comes in and fucking you know makes you think and that's one of my favorite things about the film and it's also like, one of my favorite things about how the film ends and that we'll get to in a bit I, is I, that I, it I, never really divulges you know it's, it's kind of up to your interpretation it, of the film it, it's like so Situations can be like interpreted two different ways as well. Like the bit yeah, where like, totally. you see Arnie with his fucking big biceps out with his big power tool, like his <laughs> mate saying, like, oh, recall, you know, someone was lobotomized. You could interpret that to be always the secret spy person who's like keeping an eye on Douglas Quaid or there's... Like, genuine concern for Quaid. his friend, isn't it? But there's there's other stuff with that though as well. Like, you are right, though, you know, it's almost like the, there's a lot of subtle body language with yeah, yeah. his friend at work, but then also his wife when he's leaving. How she like looks at him and then changes her facial expression and stares at the door. And then after the guy he works with kind of does that, he turns his power back tool back on and keeps looking at him suspiciously, yeah, like yeah. you know, like yeah, Kyle, you know what I mean? It's um let me ask you a question. Uh, how do you think Kirsty would feel if like you woke up one morning and you were like, Oh yes, I was having hot I was having hot dreams about this exotic woman. I did uh, we yeah, were exploring Mars. Well, little does Kirsty know I actually dream about Sharon Stone every night, you know, but um <laughs> uh, let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Prince, mate. I know you were waiting to talk. That's all right. I think no, I was only just going to agree with Kyle that I think that's it's one of the reasons why I really like this movie, and I think it held a very nice little spot in my my head. I think I would I wouldn't mind watching it again in the future. Is the whole Sharon mind... Stone? I agree. Well, there is that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like I say, we don't. That's the whole point of the podcast and to talk about the beauty of Sharon Stone. But you know, she, def- she definitely makes it. Swing. <laughs> But I was going to say, because I think I actually don't mind the mind games. I think that's one of the most, actually, the most interesting aspect of this of this movie. The idea that it keeps you guessing. It's been such a long time since I watched it, I actually forgot some of the plot points. So when I watched it again, I was like, oh, I actually don't know what happens here. Is, is, this, is this what it is? Or, so, you know, it, it got me guessing again. I think I really appreciated that, that it still holds that <laughs> mystique, even after so many years. I think the, the hapdash way it, it tells the story is the charm of it. I think that's part of the charm of the sort of 80s feel of it. Mm-hmm. It's, very, it's very sterile, the way it shows space, the clothing, the hairstyle. It's very low effort, but the, the impact it has, I think, is still, it's, it resonates still, I think, to me. And I think, I so agree with you, Carl, that I think it's one of my favourite parts of the movie, for sure. Keeps you hooked. 
I think Where that's a go? big part of when it was made, though, as well. Obviously, like you're looking at it through the lens of we're looking at it now through the lens of looking back, and it's a film from the 80s, but at the time. That was modern society. I think that was a big part of it. You know, they wanted it to be futuristic, but be recognisable as well. Yeah, Whereas now, when cool. we're looking at it, it's all the recognisable tropes of the A's, isn't it? The cars, the hair, you uh, know, the, the ideas of what stuff <laughs> might look like in the future, you know? On the on the really, really reliable source, Wikipedia, I think it's really, it kind of sums it up for me. It was It's actually really cool that it's, it's actually referenced here. It says, retrospective reviews have called it one of Schwarzenegger's best films and placed it among the best sci-fi fiction films ever made. I don't know about ever made, but it is definitely one of Arnie's best films. It's up there with T2 for me. That's I think kind of I, jingle I think the way up there, but I then I get the sense from <laughs> from from Caleb. I know any listeners can't see Caleb's like body body language or his facial expressions, but I get a sense he has a slightly different opinion to the to the unanimous positive yeah. things that have I am thus far. So something you said about like early lines, like oh you, you don't know channels. So after this, course, we'll get back to it at some point, but. The bit when that guy turns up and is like, "Oh, this is all a dream in your head, and we've sent you know, to like um to stop it, and because of an ego shit, blah blah blah." You know, take this pill. I was like, "This guy's full of shit." Clearly, like there wasn't much in the film to really make me think that it wasn't in his head, other than just doubt. That's it, doubt from pre-established whatever. And then like when he gets the pill and he doesn't take it and he shoots the guy in the head and the guys burst through the fucking doors, it's like. Yeah, like this, this is all real. Like, like yeah. there's not much in the film that made me think that actually this wasn't the case, and like it just came across as the film sort of went on. I said before the podcast for the sort of middle chunk of the film. So he he escapes with the thing that's telling the head, and he pulls out his nose and he speaks himself, which is pretty funny. From the bit he sort of arrives on Mars, for the next forty five minutes, it's just running around and just doing shit and the three booby lady and then he meets his old love who doesn't really remember because his mind's a bit of a head fuck I tell you and what, it's all just faffing around I tell you why because he's only got two weeks so how long do you plan to stay on Mars two weeks have you brought any fruits or vegetables onto the planet two weeks excuse me uh, two weeks Two weeks! The bit with the woman, man, that, that, that is probably one of my favourite bits of the film, you know? It's funny you mention that guy, like, you know, when he turns up and starts talking to him and you say he's full of shit. This is probably something, like, you you probably wouldn't notice this until you rewatched it, but the guy who comes and talks to him about that He's also the guy from the recall advert he sees on the train. So that's another thing to make you think, oh, hang on, why is he here? Is yeah, it real? Yeah. Is it not I, real? I, I you know? Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, first time I didn't see that. And it's like, well, yeah, so obviously, I mean, maybe on a second watch it would, but I will, I don't know, it should stand that it's so merit of the first time. Well, let's get to the end how I yeah, feel. Yeah, I mean, you've yeah. obviously got a factory and it's an old film now, you know, 1990. Yeah, yeah. It's at least, you know, what's that? Easily 30. Well, it's, it's as old as me and you, Caleb. Yeah, it's, you know, 30 years old over the fucking hill. I think, you yeah. know, to be a bit more, I guess, constructive, I think there's a few things that are just stupid, like, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger has invincible balls. He gets kicked in the balls so many times. Yeah, I noted that on my notes. I didn't notice he gets kicked like, in the balls a lot. You know, like, the fact that... And, and again, these are all things for me now, watching it again for probably a 16th time, make me think, oh, did they do that to make it seem more, like, illusionish? 
like you can't get kicked on the balls and be in an illusion you'll be snapped the fuck out of that in a second (laughs) and all but also like you know like the this the bit where like he's running away and he like all the guys are chasing him like michael ironside and he's using that body as a shield and i'm like not one of those bullets from that that body went through him and he's suddenly just okay so what i mean is like it's almost it almost adds to the i guess you can interpret it one or two ways and it's just vulgar violence and it's just like you know action orientated or it is actually like it, it, it plays into that whole idea of a simulation in a way. Yeah, that, that is one thing I noticed. It is a very, very violent film, you know. I like that, though. I always think, you know, gore and, you know, over-the-top violence is always a winner, especially from an 80s film. Sorry, uh, James, I don't know. No, I, th- I think it's, it's, it's kind of funny because it kind of links to when we start watch Starship Troopers. I think the, the, pure, the pure gory action is great. I think for mm. that part, it's great. We don't... That doesn't exist anymore because it's all CGI and all that kind of stuff. But that's all right. The fact that the fact of the matter is how these characters walk away from that gore and walk away from the injuries, like in Starship Troopers, we had a we had one of the characters was the, was like was it the girl I can't remember who's gouged out her, her stomach was fully stabbed, and like two two minutes later, another scene she's walking around like nothing's happened. And this movie again towards the end when Benny that that motherfucker when he's got that drill thing there and he's driving it towards them and it hits Arnie and it hits the girl as well and it they're clearly in pain and it should have ripped their arms to shreds yeah it should have ripped their arms clean off but hey he's got five kids to feed it's a bit bit of blood but like literally the next scene they're walking away they're walking around just tiny bit of blood on the shirt and like they're completely fine yeah lifts up a big power drill he's like hey benny screw you (laughs) but the the gore is great but also like the, the 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 repercussions and the low stakes of that goal are also really funny, I think, to me, because unless you're the bad guy, then you're fucked. And if you, you can know. get over, I think the other side to it, right, is just how, like, it's quite misogynistic, I think, at points in the movie. Oh, the way, definitely. The way it treats even Sharon Stone. But I think on a, in a reverse kind of way as well, I think it is actually quite, like, empowering in some ways. Because I think the, the exotic lead is Melina. Melina. The other woman. Um, but I think she's quite a strong, independent woman. Like I feel like she's very, like, very much able to stand on her own two feet. Even though there's obviously like the the cringe, like, romance scenes between the two of them. She plays the part of like a sidekick, like, and does the role well. Like, oh, definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, even Sharon Stone, happened. though, to be fair, plays I feel the role like, I feel, well. I feel, yeah, I feel like the, she she actually brought some emotion to the role. Like, I feel like she was like really quite kind of mindful by this whole Quaid, Hauser, you know, kind of split personality. Well, I mean, she's accusing him of lying for most of the film. So, yeah, definitely, you know. But um, like I said, even with Sharon Stone, man, like how she goes from like, even at the start of the film, she was quite, she wasn't bitter, but she was very, very confrontational and trying to change his mind, you know, oh, why not Saturn? And then just to see her go from like that kind of caring but firm side to just straight fucking like ruthless killer almost. Pretty good, I thought. You know, one thing. Um, like you were talking, like you talking about, like the, like I guess I'm misogynist. I guess it's involved. Like so, Ghosting Mars. Ghost again. I've, I've come around that streets and cyberpunk, but they go to like, the the sex, the Venusville or the sex club district more like. And then you, like, got... you mean when they get to Mars, when he's already got to, to Mars. Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Mars. Yeah. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass get to yeah. Mars. Yeah, that big one. Mars again, again, again. No, when get your ass to Mars. Like, it's like it's very, and I guess it is cyberpunky. So they're gonna do a thing where capitalism bad, but then when we started with troopers, it was like military complex bad, and then Robocop one is like a uh, police corrupt and bad. I think, what is I like, think like very 
obvious messages are put in like oh. for like in these older films super like solvent capitalism bad the guy owns oh, bars yeah. the mine and it's basically depleting but you got like you got to pay for oxygen what's some of the things going on is, oh you got to pay for action this is bullshit man I think it's, it's like, less. Yeah, it's less subtle. Sort of, it's think. funny you mention that, though. Sorry, Brandon. Just a sec. Right. They're all directed by Paul Verhoeven, Starship yeah. Troopers, Robocop. <laughs> this, you know, um, I, I, I completely forgot that he directed Troopers as well. You know, okay, now. yeah. Aye, there you go. There you go. So, you know, um, he likes having messages know. in his movies. You know, this same year, Recall came out. Robocop Two, Die Hard Two, and Back to the Future Three came out. That's a tough year. That's a you know, it's like fucking. I was gonna stand say out. solid lineup of films. You know, this is yeah. why I think it's so difficult though, because it is like you watch the film back, even with the cheese involved. I know I keep saying the same, the same sort of thing, but it is like yeah. kind of one massive ego trip. You know, it's like a Douglas Quaid and his secret identity as Hauser or whatever the fucking yeah, that name shit is. That was weird. That shit was weird. <laughs> But that's what adds to the. I think that's what. I know, adds I know, to I know. I know, I know, I know that you kind of didn't feel like the same. But yeah, I mean, it's also just very. So they, they, um, because they meets the. It was just one like they they arrive and the guy's like, "Welcome to Mars, man!" And it's like the explosion, the terrorism going on. And this is like, yeah, mm. it reminded me of um, you ever play Red Faction Gorilla? Yeah, yeah, I knew you'd yeah, say that. Yeah, I got that. I put it on my notes, which I've since lost. But put it, but it reminded me of that in a way because that's all up uprising from the people and corporations. As you know, I want to look into research in the gorilla. Well, it was, I, it was all guy. them warring over a natural resource. What was it? Trevinium. Trevinium. I can't remember, but it, it's got the the Ulster Corporation, who are actually the bad guys in Saints Row. It's the same universe, it turns out. Um, but, um, do you remember? Weird. No, this oh. is more of a Birmingham thing. If anyone knows Birmingham, obviously, hope so. You know, we're a Birmingham based um, podcast. Um, well. As you're coming out towards Paradise, do you remember where Paradise Forum used to be? Yeah. yeah, the building. You know, as you come out, you all know this, Caleb, because I say it every fucking time. I always say that hotel where it's got like the black windows with like the red lines all over it. It looks like the headquarters of some evil eighties bastard. Is that? You, when there? I said that, yeah, it's still there. It's um, huh. a it's restaurant, a, it's I think. Yeah, oh, it's, a, it's quite. It's, it's it's actually meant to be a really nice restaurant. All right. Um, it's on that gourmet society. Hmm. Do you know when they're chasing them, him and well, they're chasing fucking Schwarzenegger out, and it's like, no, don't shoot, you'll break the glass. And it's like, how badly designed? You built a massive airport or building with glass windows fucking everywhere, so your guns are useless. Like, why the hell did you do this? This is a bad idea. I mean, well, like, uh, let's was, just talk was, about was the elephant in the glass room. invented then? The, the, the elephant in the room is like fucking Michael Ironside's character is just on a fucking mad one because Arnie <laughs> yeah. fucked his fucked his girl in it. Like <laughs> yeah. that is the whole point. He's on a rampage. He's like, I want to kill you. When he's like, you know, when he's fucking in the car, like, like pretending like the radio's going out with like with with the with with Cohagen. He's like, oh, sorry, yeah, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm gonna have to call I've you got back. Sunspot. Let's go kill the bastard. <laughs> Yeah, that was. Like, You're saying she liked it? No, I'm sure she hated every minute of it. <laughs> it's, it's fucking... Oh god, it's just so funny how like every single girl in the whole fucking film, just any time Arnie walks past, they're just like, Ooh. like the like the the fucking the the, the, dwarf, the dwarf stripper is like the G of this film. Like when yeah. she's on the fucking bar, oh, yeah. the machine gun like, uh, like killing everyone. The bit when he first goes in and he goes, "If you need help with this one, let me know." <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> Her name's Thumbelina. Uh, honestly, I think she steals. Oh, the cool. show. oh um, she's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, she steals the show. Thumbelina. That one, that one bit is just like fucking brilliant. It's just like this fucking G man, just like on the fucking on the bar, just murking cunt off. Because I mean, everyone else in this film has just got a shit fucking aim. Like, how has Arnie not been shot by one of these people who are shooting shit fucking ton loads of bullets at him? Plot and there's a guy hearing him go. Lal! <laughs> 
you know. Oh, no, the, 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 about the middle bit of the film, like he goes to that club, meets the girl, then he then he just goes back to the hotel. And the fact is, like, well, I met that girl, that was nothing. Tom's go back to the hotel and chill for a bit. And yeah, that was yeah, all. I know. <laughs> get out of here! I'm gonna kill well, you. Well, well, you know, well, well, like, I guess, I guess it, was, it was his one lead, didn't it? Like, where's where else yeah, is he gonna go? Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but it's just it's just how like it goes from like you know, oh, he's all mysterious on Mars. He gets told to fuck off by this girl, and next thing you know, he's sulking on his fucking bed watching TV. He's he's chilling like... on TV, watching TV. He's like, oh well, what's on fucking BBC Three? Oh, I guess I won't find out who I am then. Oh, I'll just watch oh, yeah, Jerry Springer. Mars. I'm just gonna watch some telly. Yeah. I will say um, the line that I've heard it before and I knew it was from something with the, um, like, you can do that, sweetie. We're married. And then shoots her. Consider it a divorce. Ah! Doug. Honey. You wouldn't hurt me. Would you, sweetheart? Sweetheart. Be reasonable. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. That was your wife? Classic line, man. Classic line. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, though, like, whenever I impersonate Arnie, I think most of the fucking quotes I pull, they're always from this film because it's got so many fucking lines. It's like the bit when he's on, um, he's fighting with Michael Ironside towards the end of the film. And he's like, he like, he like decapitates his arms and all he goes, see you at the party, Richter. So I got the um, welcome to the party, pal. I got that vibe from it from Die Hard. Yeah, 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 which was 89 was Die Hard. But, well, yeah. I think it was earlier. I'm not sure. Die Hard 1, you mean Nakatomi Plaza Die Hard, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, um, the, um same Get back to us. Answers on a postcard. Oh, no. Like, no, 95. No, sorry. That was Die Hard with a Vengeance. Ah, whatever. Um, it should be the same time. Um, 88. Yeah. There we oh, go. Right. Got there in the end. Yeah, like, um, I, I did think the idea of listening to me as being like fucking Mr. Mystic Man now. I did like the idea of like having something in Mars. Ooh, ancient alien technology in Mars. Like, you know, the idea of that is pretty fucking cool. Like, you know, one day we will start exploring Mars. And if he did find that in there, but then I was thought about the idea that like they would find alien technology which would be like groundbreaking as fuck for like anyone to discover. And Cigar, so you know what? Money's more important actually. Yeah. I've discovered something that will change human history forever. But I'm a billionaire who already owns half the fucking planet. Ah, that's more important. Well, it's it's another co- it's another social commentary on capitalism, isn't it? You know, two things. Two things. Business. I was just gonna say. Firstly, Kyle, ancient technology on Mass Effect. Um, mm-hmm. Secondly, Caleb, open your mouth. Oh, yeah, fuck that. Oh, yeah, Quato, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> open no, your no, mouth. No, 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 no wonder he couldn't find a little prick. He was hiding the whole time, hiding seek champion. You know, it's like. like but, um, the freaks wouldn't explain much here. This it's like, oh, yeah, this is just because like, they're living in shit conditions. And also, yeah, like, I mean, it was briefly, like, I think Benny was the one to kind of explain it. Basically, they were the way they are. Because of like the rays of the sun being, you know, being Mars, you know, it's pretty being cool such a hot way, planet like, and the atmosphere being fucked up. The cheap domes they lived in were basically. Oh, yeah. It adds a layer of nuance to it as well, though, because these people have evolved because of the environmental differences. It doesn't explain why they're suddenly fucking psychic, though. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I get maybe why they look fucked up because of their environment and whatnot, you know? It's, but it's, 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 it's science fiction, isn't it? Well, like, exactly. It's science fiction. I don't, like, how does he find. Oh, it just. 
Oh, no, he runs to that back door and then he goes and finds the resistance who then just also get found because they were tracking him, which I don't think was really explained. The pace picks up as soon as you get to Mars and it is then it's full on like, yeah, we're saving the world. Arnold, he... Arnold Schwarzenegger. Saving sounded like the world. that guy then, you know, the one that used to do all the early trailers for the cinemas and like the early 90s. <laughs> yeah. In a world without fear, <laughs> one <laughs> man can defend it from it. <laughs> it is that kind of as well. And this, this what's annoying me now is that what's going to piss me off. So the more thing about this film is that the more it's like stuff that happens as a coincidence, you could easily just go, oh yeah, but is it a coincidence? Because it's Arnold's ego trip, which makes it devoid of that criticism. You can't yeah. just go, oh, that, that happens. Well, actually, the bit where like Benny attacks them and it's like they break the wall down and that wall was like fucking like what, 30 centimeters thick that's led to alien technology. That wouldn't have happened if Benny didn't decide to try and kill him. But, but oh no, that's part of the ego trip. Like, is but... it the handwriting? Your man, your man who's in the advert at the start, who's talking to um, Arnie about it all being, you know, uh, so, uh, what is it, paranoid, paranoid psychosis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he says that the way that this psychosis is working is that he's he's living the simulation, but he's inventing it as he goes along. So again, for me, like that, 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 yeah, that, that small line right. almost like it almost just like adds to the kind of parody of the of the and of the violence and and everything being, else. I think the guy even says that in the, in the bedroom, like everything coincidentally happens that just works out extremely well for Arnie. Yeah, it could be interpreted one way, but it could just be that oh, it's working out well for him because the that the that's exactly what I, it, it, it's, what what your thoughts, mate. What what's what's brewing in that mind of yours? I, no, I think I completely agree. I think it's coming back to the point. It's not kind of movie where you go. I think it gives you enough to make you go, ah, oh, but is it my? Is is it is it is it a dream? Is it reality? It gives you enough, but it give. I think it also doesn't give you enough to go. Actually, I'm not going to take this too seriously. It's just. It's just bonkers right now. Like, yes, bonkers he's saying like, to Melina, this is the way to go. No, we need to go give, uh, turn on the fans because the air, cause, but this is the way. I know it. it, it it's, I saw this or it's something like that. So just follow it into his, you know, follow this kind of mind, this mind fuck of a, of a, of a hunch of his. And then as Caleb says, they come to a wall and there's nowhere to go. And there he is. There's Benny to kind of open that gateway. <laughs> Like, that, yes, it, it alludes to that him making it up as he goes, which I think is brilliant because that little seed makes you think, and the movie doesn't have to do all the work because they've done enough to make you make question, you, um... question everything in it. Like, and I think that that for me, like, just to relate it back to video games, just for one second, there's a bit with Benny where like that he's just dropped into the strip club and he's literally just like almost like frozen outside, and as soon as Arnie walks out, he suddenly's just there like, "Hey, I got five kids to feed." You know, repeating the same sort of thing as like an NPC in a video game. I agree with that that repetition as well. It's enough there to make you go, is it? But but it's obviously, it's so broken. And and it's such a a movie of its time that, of course, I think it's, you're not supposed, it's not an Oscar movie. But who gives a shit? Because it's such a fun ride as as, as you take these bits along the way with you. I think... I think it's part of the whole enjoyment of it. Clearly, Caleb doesn't like it, and it's it's. it's no, it's, no, I will get it's, my way. I wouldn't say he doesn't like it. He's just got a very nuanced opinion on it, you know. And I get that. Seen it for the first time now. You've got to remember that me and Brandon are looking at it through rose-tinted glasses. You know, we grew up with the film. We've watched it numerous times. Mm. I get where Caleb's coming from, to a yeah. degree. You know, it is. It is a very tonally. It's all over the place. I don't, I don't think it's totally all over the place. 
I think I think it's a movie of its time, and it like there's there's yeah totally. Like, there's there's lots of like you know it's Arnie cheese. It's like pure like misogyny at times with how it talks and treats women in the film. Like, um, but it also does lots of things good, man. And I think the fact that we're all, the fact that we're all here like debating whether it was a real whether it was real or not. Are you and Caleb it, definitely Jesus? You have to <laughs> claw each other off. You then it was like, but that's what's really, but that's what's really sick about it, man. Like, you know, obviously it's never gonna fucking win an Oscar, and it like Arnold Schwarzenegger's never gonna win an Oscar. I think like, the only film <laughs> that Arnie was ever close to winning an Oscar for was Terminator Two. Hands down. I think I will actually critique a lot. One thing that really pissed me off. So this is the ending, not the ending because of what it like. I think the ending is actually well done. But I'll say on a second, but it's just like that entire explosion at the end just keeps going, and then we just have to watch like Arnie and that chick's face just getting gorged for about five minutes. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, I, get I get the practical effects are really <laughs> and the CGI yeah, is not too heavy on it as yeah, well. Yeah. That's really good and well done. I really appreciate that. But it's just. Mountain exploding, people scared. Arnie's enlarged face, and other guys enlarged face for like five minutes, and it's just like we, we get it, man. Oh, we get it. Shit's exploding, and it's like, uh, it just that really just pissed me off. I was sitting there like, oh, oh. my god, end. Well, Can to I... bring up the point you were making about, um, no, to to kind of bring up a point like that you made there, not to go and do a Brandon and bring up Ghost of Sushima every episode. Um, the guy who did the special effects of this one, this is my equivalent of Brandon's Ghost of Sushima, is the thing. Rob Bettine is the guy who did all of the special effects for this film. He's also done the special effects on The Thing, The Howling, loads of other films. Really good guy. Kind of underrated when it comes to special effects, to be honest, you know? But some of his effects are amazing. He's up there with Tom Savini easily, you know? But um, I did, like what we were talking about before, when you mentioned about is the special effects a bit overused a bit much? Because I know what you mean towards the end. Like That whole segment definitely feels like it's... It's drawn not, out unnecessarily, you know. It's it's just drawn out. It's not the special effects' fault. It's just because the, no, they're really good. So mm. I think saying overused isn't really a problem. It's just that that not, not so much overused. Just you know the same scene that you've seen a hundred times yeah. already. You know yeah. the film starts and he's having his eyes sucked out of his head. The film ends and he's having his <laughs> eyes sucked out of his head. You know. It's... Does that add, does, does that add to the mystery? But Prince, you were <laughs> you were gonna you were gonna chime in, my friend. I was gonna say I was I was reading this. Uh article yesterday kind of to get to get my mindset of you know what one might say uh i was gonna actually ask in a second about what, what was the original rating the the movie rating of this movie i can't remember like was it was it r-rated or something it's because of because it, of the it, was, it, it was definitely going to be an 18 no fucking question but, like the amount of blood and gore in it yeah but, but going back to what brandon said earlier i think i was when i was reading the article was someone in the comments that said that does the movie give any indication of there being any evidence of that the movie, that, that Douglas is dreaming? And a commenter, like a, a, an avid viewer, said, because um, Edgemer talks about it being lobotomized and the movie ends, instead of fading to black, it fades to white. And that's like an indication of that, like it, it being him being lobotomized or just completely going wacky. I like I it. Think, I think the I more think... I'm talking about it, the more I realize how much I like the movie. No, but, I, I definitely love the film. It's got its problems, it, but I definitely the love tone, it as well. The tone when I'm talking, when you said earlier about the tone, is uh, being all over the place. Uh, uh, I don't agree with that, but at the same time, I think it definitely has moments where it, it goes on complete highs, like all out, and then it has like his really low sober moments, like I say with, with Doug, 
going back to the the, the hotel watching watching TV. Like <laughs> it's got those moments where it doesn't know what it's doing. Uh, you know, there's like a moment between between each set piece, between each action action scene. But I think mm-hmm. at the same time, it's it, it's I think it, it would, the stuff it does well, it does really well. I think one thing I was I mentioned before about the ending, I like that. It, it was sort of ended and it sort of zoomed down on was in the chat. It was sort of did do like it sort of told you that it was all in his head or it was all like real or whatever. It didn't do that. It's sort of the film like, oh, I might just wake up after this. And then the film has a weird flash and it ends like that's good because it's not like it's <laughs> Goosebumps choose your own adventure. It was like, yeah. you decide, you know, it's your ending. What did you? It didn't ask what you think. The film sort of ends and I did like that. It didn't sort of say one or the other what actually the fuck just happened. You know, it was just you're there. Take what you want from that. Well, some of the actors from this film have gone on to kind of do decent things as well. Obviously, Sharon Stone is basic instinct, you know. I'll stop talking about Sharon Stone. Um, yeah. Arnie, obviously, he's got there. But some lesser-known actors as well, obviously. you got Yeah, Michael Ironside, obviously, from Splinter Cell fame. I think that's what most... Other than a lot of the films he was in, you know, Scanners is a classic film from David Cronenberg. Um... But well, yeah, so the, the role as well. he is as well. Yeah, good yeah, point. That's he plays the tutor, doesn't he? Um, yeah. He also plays Sam Fisher from Splinter Cell for like most of the games. I think voices <laughs> them. I think he did the mocap as well. Um, another le- well, I wouldn't say lesser known actor, but um, one of the guys from the bar, one of the mutants that's part of like the Rebel forces, is uh, Dean Norris, who most people probably know him for his character of Hank Schrader. The brother-in-law of Walter White from Breaking Bad. You don't notice that, to be fair, but you know it's um it's pretty cool. Just little little stuff like that. Like you can kind of see that there. It's the guy with the big like massive like thing. Yeah, yeah, face, yeah. You got a lot of nerve showing your face in here, Hauser. Look who's talking. I think one of the funniest scenes like is when you know when they're both using the hologram in that little kind of like pyramid, pl- not pyramid place, like poor place where they're like running in and out of everything. And shooting <laughs> He's like, when the first time it happens, like, no blood or guts or anything, and he's just there on the ground, like, ah, ah, and then it goes off, and then later on, he's like, is this the real Quaid? It is! Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you think this is a hologram? It is. It's so good. That's such a good scene. It's such a good scene. Fucking you know, hell, it's just like, there's just so many, like, moments. Oh, God, this is cheesy. But it's, it's like when fantastic. they had the um, the hologram watch at the start, and it was like, oh, it's a hologram watch, and then it's just not brought up to right at the fucking end. It's like, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, it seems like they put it in the You kind of forget, forget about, about it, and then boom, look, there it yeah. is. It's like, you know. And just then, looking like... up some trivia for the film. Um, apparently, after, she, after seeing Sharon Stone's performance as Laurie in the film, director Paul Hoven would cast her in the movie Basic Instinct due to her ability to play it a character is... that could change from a timid charming sweetheart to a diabolical person and back again at a moment's notice this is what i was saying she did play that really well to kind of go between the two personalities you know that is reminiscent of um a character from basic instinct which is also worth watching for reasons i will not say on the podcast she wasn't in the film that that much to be fair she She wasn't no but she had a pretty prominent role yeah true 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 i wonder how she felt like like, just after just after like you know arnie had discovered she was a mole how do you reckon she felt when, like, she was, like, trying to, like, you know, delay him by, like, you know, using perverse tactics, shall we say. <laughs> yeah. One last in, time, in, you can in, tie in, me up. Instead of, like, instead, of, instead of reciprocating, he just fucking yeah. full-on, like, haymakers her. <laughs> yeah, Dexter, Dexter 1 gives her the old one, too, you know. 
No, um, she, she actually really trained for this role as well, apparently. I remember reading somewhere that Arnold was basically so impressed by her physique and stuff and the amount of effort she put into actually building a physique for the role. He always referred to her as the female Terminator. Didn't that? Oh, she probably, she probably would have been a pretty good female Terminator, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I know, I know also that when she um, totally didn't look this up just because I'm, you know, a stand for Sharon Stone. <laughs> Um, to coincide with the movie's release, she did pose nude for Playboy. Huh. Show, showing off that body. People do what they gotta do. No, when they're having the fight scene in the... Um, like, what's other, as you just said, he gives her a haymaker after, you know, his perverse tactics. There's so many bowls of, like, cornflakes and nuts in the house that constantly get knocked over. Like, I saw, like, <laughs> three times to get stoned on a table, and then it's, like, random just cereal just fucking go everywhere. It's Talk. like, why does this keep happening? Talking mm. about cereal, do you reckon this is like sort what? of product placement? Like when Cohagen, like when they're in the final chamber and he's like, I, I'm going to kill you, blow this place and be home in time for cornflakes. <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned that yeah, as that well. that was a weird line. What the fuck is that about? There's also very, very, very funny, you know, product placement throughout the film. If you notice on Earth, the only, look at all the billboards and posters, the only thing you see adverts for is Coca-Cola. Yeah. Well, the second was... they get to Mars, it's all Pepsi. You don't see Coke anymore. That's a quite funny like, you know? That's jokes. I didn't know, you know? that, to be fair. Uh, who yeah. else from the film? Jerry Goldsmith. He's a classic uh, composer. I think the score for this film is quite memorable I, as well. I, I was going to say that. I was going to. I was it's literally going to say like. He's got a lot of fucking music from it, like, you know? Like, like the whole. I was going to say the one thing we haven't spoken about with this film is just how good the music is. And yeah. I think the music adds to the immersion in a way. Definitely. You know, I can't really remember any of it. It was just, you know, music. yeah, it's your first time it. It's all good, you know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, um, have like a memorable theme. I'll have to check later. See if I I'm just remember. reading here. Have a guess who was down to play the original character of Quaid. Go on, Harrison. You can have one, one guess each. One actor from Hollywood that was quite prominent, okay. 70s, 80s. Have a guess. Harrison Ford. That's no. a good one. That's no. a good. Um. I think he would have done a sick job of that. To be he fair. would have done, to be honest. Yeah, the film probably yeah. would have been taken a lot more seriously had Harrison Ford played the role. But go on, it wasn't him. Caleb? Um, uh, I'm just going to say, fucking, who's I was thinking of? Um, honestly, Sylvester Stallone. Oh, fucking well. Yeah, a bit. See, Stallone, I kind of see him as a slightly more serious Arnold Schwarzenegger, but not by much. I've got another guess, but I won't say it, obviously. Prince, you got a guess? What's this? What was the question? Who who was the original guy to play Quaid in the original script of the film? Um, I was I was literally looking up eighties uh, actors to be fair while you're talking about this. <laughs> I'm not I'm not familiar with many of the names because I grew up watching Hollywood movies and not not American movies. Go on, just uh, throw throw a name out there for the uh, podcast. Go on. Uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Patrick Swayze. Really. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, that would have been interesting. To be honest, the only real film that I can think of that I actually liked him in from the 80s, not Dirty Dancing, was um, was it Road Trip? Do you remember the one where he's the bouncer with Sam Elliott and all that? I remember that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, that's a good film, guys. A bit over the top, you know. Patrick Swayze, that's not a bad call at all, to be fair. No, no, to be fair, actually thinking about it now, he could have actually played the role pretty well, if you remember what he was like in Road Trip, you know. Nah, quite... Quaid, Quaid, Quaid was meant to be played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you said at the start. If it was anyone else and they'd played my like a more not even like semi-serious or overly goofy, it's that perfect line down the middle of like he's a serious actor when needs to be, but because of just who Arnold is, it always just comes across as a little bit silly at times. It's a bit of like a 
maybe it's just because of his face for that normal trim he's just got this face of like goofy but serious face but it's the fucking terminator though he's so just unemotional completely unemotional yeah like i don't when he, know when he, when he goes to see when he goes to see melina in the strip club and they're in that private room and she's like oh cool how's it why have you not messaged me you know kissing him and he's just like melina i do <laughs> not remember you I am Quaid. <laughs> took my brain and he smashed it. He doesn't do a very good job explaining what the fuck. I mean, yeah, he's obviously lost no, his brain or whatever, but it's sort of because, hey, look, I'll be honest, I don't know the fuck you are. I'm in a weird spot right now. Can you help me? But it's just like, uh, you, can, you can see why she tells him to fuck off because he does such oh, a terrible yeah, job of explaining it. It's like most yeah. people would be like, yeah, get out of here, you lunatic. Go on. You it's guys might remember this line. I just can't, I can't remember it. But, you know, when then inside the tunnels, they're walking to the re- walking with the rebels, and Melina's trying to tell him that he can't remember her, or you know that, that he that he loved her. But he goes, or oh, he said something. Oh like, yeah, he's like, I think it's like, um, and the they other and they kisses her. But it's like so it's the way he delivers that line is just so. Oh, wooden. I know that. Jesus, it I've so always so loved you. Poor. How did you? You didn't know who you were five minutes ago. Yeah. You liar! I don't need to be housed to love you. You are exotic. <laughs> it's just something like, oh, you don't even know me. Oh, no, you. Oh, you're the woman I love. Some stupid shit like that. And then they kiss her, and then they get attacked by rebels. Or something. It's so wooden. Yeah. Is it all part of? Is it all part of? Shut up. Is it all part of the ego trip? <laughs> right. I feel like we could sit here all day doing Arnie impersonations from this film. You know. God damn it, Cohen. Get these people here. I have to do it. <laughs> um, we need we need to draw this in. So, like, um, what are we thinking? It's that, that, that time in the podcast now. What, what, what would you give it? If you was a reviewer and you were giving a score well, out of 10. Well if, I, well, if I had to sum it up, a perfect <laughs> blend of Arnie cheese and intrigue. So I'd probably give it like a 7 or an 8 out of 10. That's fair. That's fair. I think for me, it's, it's very much of its time. It's a product of its time. It's a good science fiction story. It keeps you on your toes. You're not really sure either way. And I do. That is probably one of my favorite things about the film. It's the fact that you're not sure if it is actually a simulation or if it is real life, you know? I'd probably float around a seven myself. Prince, before I, before I tear this film to shreds. Oh, okay. I would say I, I do genuinely have a soft spot for this movie because of, because, because of the nostalgia it holds for me and all the, the cheese it has. So I'm going to give it an eight Sharon Stones out of ten Arnold Schwarzeneggers. Yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're doing it on the Sharon Stone scale, it's... Feel like I Sharon Stone. I know, I do, don't I? Like a tower. How many times has she been mentioned? I wish I wish someone... Yeah, we're getting demonetized. I mean, we've mentioned that she's a good-looking woman. That's not a problem, you know? Yeah, too many times, too many times. Too many times, lads, come on. exclusively from me, but, you know, yeah. Um, um, so my, my, um, my previous uh, rent shreds as many problems I have with this film I think it's just a little bit too what the fuck at times mm. it is enjoyable and I think like you know it's a, it is generally a fun film to watch it's action it's got Schwarzenegger it's got good actors um, the plot is cohesive regardless of being a bit out there at times um, but it's generally fun it's a fun film um, but I don't think anything outstanding. It's like a six. It's above average. It's a six. Okay, so that's what Brandon was nine, was it? Eight. Eight. Okay, I was <clears> seven. <throat> your six and Prince was eight. Sharon Stones out of ten. Eight Sharon Stones out of Sharon it's like Stones. A seven halfish. Seven seven half. See the scores on Rotten Tomatoes. Well, uh, we always use Metacritic because we're civilized people. So <laughs> the let's have a look. The Metacritic rating, if it'll actually fucking load. 
He's pretty much where Caleb is, to be honest. I'm surprised. I was expecting it to Fuck be higher. Yeah. Uh, mixed or average reviews based on 17 critical reviews at Isn't it one of those... However, well, yeah. the user score is universal acclaim, 8.7. So I think that's very true about it being a cult classic. So, Obviously, when it first came out, it wasn't very say, well. I know we don't use Rotten Tomato, but I'm going to give them anyway. But the uh, based on six, based on 76 reviews, the critique score was 82%. Oh, right, um, okay. And based on 100,000 plus ratings, the audience score is 79%. Mm. So yeah, slightly higher, slightly oh. higher critic review, but user score is about the same, isn't it? On both, you know. Yes. But no, yeah, Mr. it's um, it, it is it is a classic film. There's no two ways about that, you know. Classic sci-fi. If you love sci-fi and all that, you know, you can't really get much better, in my opinion. I mean, in terms of you know, eighty sci-fi. I mean, Blade Runner's up there as well for me, but a lot of people don't like Blade Runner because it is a bit of a slow burner of a film. Which we will no doubt cover one day on this podcast. But um yeah, closing comments, guys, anything? Uh something about Arnold Schwarzenegger and the making noise. No, I know, I know, yeah, literally that I've heard everyone does that, but I remember seeing this guy saying Arnold doesn't actually do that. It's a very stereotypical thing to do. Yeah, of course it, it is. It's just like a generic complete... noise he makes. He doesn't oh, actually yeah, make yeah. that. But like yeah, like this guy I saw a guy in impersonation once and it's like a trillion times better because he just doesn't do that. Um, yeah, my, 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 my I think it's a Chris Walken thing. My closing statement walking. for the film is uh, Caleb's view of the film is bullshit. <laughs> well, you know, bullshit. your interpretation of my interpretation bullshit. is it real or not? You know, you might yeah, interpret your, your interpretation might be an ego trip. Is, this, yeah. is, this podcast uh, is it? Is it one giant ego trip? Yeah. Oh, I am a giant ego trip. I fucking am. I think. Uh, I think the best description I've ever seen of this film is literally, like I said before, two hours of Arnie running around going, la, 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 la. meeting some badass fucking some badass bitches across the way, man. Like you mm. know the fucking the badass the badass girl with the with the with the assault rifle in the strip club. Fucking yeah. Melina, both fucking great That's strong it, women. Know. Well, I think we end it there before our collective hard on stops. Um, right. <laughs> Plot wise, we're we're well not plot wise. Uh, schedule wise, we're um you know anyone who's still with us at this point knows that our scheduling is all over the fucking place. Uh, we are looking to be a bit more consistent with that one, so bear with us. Um, um, I will we're say all, we're all off doing really important strategic things with our lives. Lol. Yeah, looking at usual, which we're gonna try and get at least an episode out a month going forward. Whether that's a bonus feature or is that's gonna be a main episode. Um, next episode we've got in the pipeline, we will be talking about a beloved PlayStation franchise. I won't say any more, but it's heavily tied to the name of the podcast. To give a bit of a hint. Um, yeah, we can be found in all the usual places. Uh, we're on social media on most, you know, Facebook, Instagram. We do have a TikTok account, but we barely use it to be honest. It's it's one of those weird ones where like <laughs> advertising on it's really hard to use. Um. Other than that, where else can we be found? Uh, Prince, has there been any update on your stickers yet? No, to be fair, I've been uh, I've been so knee deep in uh, marking books that uh, I haven't I haven't seen light in many many weeks. So, mm. <laughs> for anyone who's wondering, our Prince is a teacher. He's leading the next generation of students, so he's probably the the only person out of all of us can say that he's actually got a decent fulfilling job. It's all good. Well, I think that's a that's a cue to leave it there. <laughs> uh, we'll see you on the next episode. So yeah, see you later, guys. Ciao. Uh, thank you. Yeah.